Welcome to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. Our hope is that you will be encouraged and equipped through this podcast as we have conversations with friends from around the world. You can subscribe to our podcast and go to our website, firebornministries.com, and sign up for our email list to stay up to date on Fireborn Ministries. And may you have your own adventures in the Spirit. And now we hope you enjoy today's podcast. This is Adventures in God, and I'm here with my friend Michael John. Michael and I met at Regent University in a leadership class, and we've been spending time together. And he has these amazing true stories of adventures in God, of people's lives changed and transformed. He's walking in the fivefold ministry gifts, and so I'm excited to introduce you to Michael John, my friends. Michael, it's a pleasure to have you. Hey, good to be here, Jared. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. You're launching a church, The Gathering Place. You're a marketplace chaplain. You're a lover of Jesus. That's probably first. You're married. You've got amazing kids growing up. So you're a dad, husband, all kinds of different hats. How do you balance it all out? You know, I think the way that I would put it is the first thing is that I am the son of the Most High. So I start the day knowing that he has called me for a purpose today. I, you know, one of the things that I was talking to a friend of mine the other day is how if I see it compartmentalize each of these things, I'm going to fail because it's it's a check in the box. You know, am I prioritizing being a good husband? Am I prioritizing being a good dad? Am I prioritizing being a good pastor of the church? You know, it's 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 inevitably going to fail if I compartmentalize. But if I see that all from the perspective of the son called and perfected through his son Jesus. I think my perspective shifts, my priority management shifts. I'm looking at it from the perspective of I have a role to influence, um, to to steward my children, the next generation, what the, the greatest honor that you and I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are stewarding the next generation. And what is the generation after that is going to look like? In the marketplace, it is, uh, from my perspective, I do believe it's the greatest missions field. That is where most number of people uh, flock on a given day. That's where most number of people spend the most number of hours. It's not at home. It's not with their spouse. It's at the workplace. So again, I, I start that day, I think, with the perspective of, Lord, what do you have in store? I have woken. I'm awake. I'm alive. What do you have in store for today? And I think it's humbling to hear the Father's voice, uh, to to hear the Spirit, the Holy Spirit direct back to Jesus and say, we have a mission today, co-labor with Him. I love that. So you're stewarding the presence of God in your home. And how do you steward the presence of God with your family, with your kids? Especially? I host His presence. Mm. I host His presence. I am um, not someone who is a big fan of visitation. You know, come Lord, come have your way. Well, goodbye. Check it off. Yeah, ten no. minutes later. I have habitation. You know, Love I it. host his presence. Uh, the same resurrection power lives in me. When you wake up, you have different ways. I mean, the day could start off. In my case, I have a newborn at 2 a.m., yeah. um, at 3 a.m. Uh, she wakes me up. Uh, not so much in the last week, praise God. She's been sleeping 10 hours. But, you know, on a given busy day, I think when I wake up, it needs to start at the bed, recognizing that I've been given another day. So, yes, I host the presence at home. 
I fail constantly on that. What I've realized is is something that you and I have heard Bill Johnson speak about, which is the truth. That is, if the peace that we carry, the peace that we've been given, if that is not day, when we start off our day and we feel like we are not carrying that peace, we have lost it somewhere. So go ask the Lord, Holy Spirit, where did I lose my peace? Because if I don't, if I don't carry His peace, everything falls from there. So I feel like, you know, starting at home, uh, I'm hosting his presence at home. I'm hosting his presence at the gas station. I'm hosting his presence at my first meeting. Going forward to the weekend when we have uh, our church, we're constantly hosting his presence. So when you lose the peace, momentarily, maybe it's 10 minutes, maybe it's an hour or so, how do you go back to that peace? I, I know for me... If I lose that peace, I start asking questions. Be like, Jesus, when was it that I messed up? When was it that I lost this peace? Was there something that you told me that I didn't do? Yeah. Whether it was give that person a dollar or buy that person's coffee. When was it I'm sorry? And then I, get, I regain that peace after asking them to cleanse me and forgive me. And then I'll go back to that what he told me and I'll do it to the best of my ability. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And yeah. How, how do you regain that peace? That's a great question, Jad. I think, you know, I'm reminded of what happened a few days ago. It just was a, a an exhaustive day. I just started the day just being a little short-tempered with the kids and so on. You know, we had church later that afternoon, and I, I realized throughout the process I was just being a little, you know, I, I, wasn't, I was a little off. And it so happened that while I was preaching the sermon, I had the Holy Spirit speak through me. Love it. And I'm confessing to the cloud of witnesses right now. I'm confessing to the body of Christ now that I have sinned first to my kids, second to my wife in order. I'm repenting. And then I found myself asking forgiveness for my kids before the end of the day. I saw myself asking my wife forgiveness by the end of the day. And I will tell you, Jared, the most exhaustive day to date. But I found myself wired, full of energy by the time I hit the bed. To the point where I couldn't sleep. I'm like, my Lord, what is this? It it was that overwhelming presence of the Lord because I realigned myself to who I am. The day should have started that way. For whatever reason, I allowed myself to lose my peace. I think you have mentioned a good point, which is repentance. Repentance is key. So yes, the Holy Spirit brings about. But if you do not repent, you do not know how to realign. And I think it goes back to the one question that we asked. You know, hosting His presence also implies that we are obedient to what the Holy Spirit is saying, which is the Holy Spirit is one of the many responsibilities of the Holy Spirit or the functions of the Holy Spirit is not just to remind us what Jesus taught, but also to teach. But in that teaching, I think it goes back to Matthew 28. If you're reminded and you're reminded of the teachings of Jesus Christ, what the Great Commission says that you're taught to obey his commands, not just to be taught. Because teaching implies that you would hear and it goes off the other ears. I mean, you hear teachings on a constant basis. Uh, you know, we're listening to a, we're doing a podcast right now. Uh, I, I'll say to this morning, I may have heard many sermons. Teachings come, teachings go. But if you do not 
obey what he has taught, which starts with repentance, which starts with asking forgiveness, where you haven't done anything with what Jesus has said. You have just listened to another concept, idea, philosophy. Yes, his word is life and spirit. Yes, his word is living and active. But if you do not put an effort to, to, to obey his commandments, to do what he has asked us to do, we will fail short. So coming back to your question about how do, what do we do when you have lost your peace? I think, yes, the greatest place is once he reminds us, shows us, reveals where we have lost his peace. We have to go back and we have to take that. But in not in process of taking that, it it has um, uh, it has repentance in it. It has asking forgiveness. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate you talking about that. And you're currently mentoring people with a church, with marketplace chaplains in your home, obviously. So when it comes to fathering people, what does spiritual fathering look like to you? You know, I don't think there is anything new under the sun. He has created a world for us in the natural realm. Uh, we have a lot that we can we can reproduce in the spiritual as well. Unfortunately, uh, we are living in a generation where father, you know, it's a fatherless generation. I mean, whether it be in psychology today, whether it be in the latest study from Harvard, I think it was the other day that I report I read a report from a medical review of, of fatherlessness. It's it's prevalent. Uh, it's it's a fatherless generation and oftentimes we ask the question how do we father in a fatherless generation and I'm reminded of the fact that uh, Jesus constantly uh, in the Gospels uh, yes we see his miracles yes we see the parables yes he is the kingdom in our midst and he talks about the kingdom yet to come but in that, he also constantly talks about uh, revealing the Father. He cannot do what he hasn't seen the Father do. He, he doesn't say what he hasn't heard the Father say. Well, in that, he's constantly talking about the Father, the one who, um, you know, I'm reminded of Paul, the great Paul who said, um, Apostle Paul, who said the love of the Father uh, through the grace of Jesus and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. If we do not know what the Father speaks to us about, you are wonderfully and fearfully made in my image. I don't think, you know, I oftentimes ask the question, have you heard God the Father speak to you? What does that look like? What is that love uh, conversation looks like or, or what does that baptism of love look like for you? I'm, I'm curious. I want to hear what the Father spoke to you. Where it goes back to fathering the next generation as well. The question starts with that. That is my first question oftentimes. What has the Father spoken to you about? What is the hot conversations like? I love that. You're pointing them to their real Father. And you're trying to point them to their identity as a son or a daughter of the king. You're pointing them to intimacy. Yes. First and foremost. You know, for me, I love praying with people. Yeah. And being like, hey, you want to spend time in prayer? We're just going to spend time soaking with, with Jesus. We're going to spend time talking to him, worshiping him, receiving from him. And then after an hour or so, I mean, I had teenage interns and when I was a youth pastor. And we would pray an hour a day 
soaking, praising, even intercessory prayer, just doing those things before we'd even started the curriculum. So for you and your church, how are you currently modeling that to people who, who come in who are fatherless spiritually? One of the things that we talk about, uh, at least within the gathering, is that anyone who walks in needs to have three key things taken care of. One is that they would find their identity, the one that you just said. Second is that they would know their influence. In your identity of who you are in Christ, reveal back to the Father, empowered by the Holy Spirit. You need to know what your influence looks like. So that is the second thing. It's it's knowing how you are a light amidst the darkness around. You are, as, as Jesus commissioned the disciples, he said, you are uh, lambs and among the wolves. What you need to know where you're placed in, where, where has the Lord placed you? And so that's your influence. And the third one is your impact. Well, do you know how to gauge the fruit? Because if you do not know how to, how to measure the tangible fruit in your life, well, you've missed a key point of being uh, a son and a daughter here on heaven. How do you become a conduit for heaven uh, to invade earth? In, within the church, how do we do that model is that we, we, we walk alongside an identity is key, Jared. I'll tell you, this is the most misperceived, misconstructed. One of the reasons why I believe in the fivefold is for this very reason. Thank God that there's no one person who is like Jesus. There's a reason why he um, split his mantle into five gifts for the body. The apostles and prophets have, they are the, the, the building blocks or the foundations for the chief cornerstone who is Jesus. But if you do not have an apostle or a prophet within the house, you do not know how to navigate someone. A pastor or a teacher or an evangelist for that matter do not have, I, I personally do not believe that they have uh, the, the mantle to call out the identity of someone. The same thing with someone who's called into a fivefold ministry of an apostolic or a prophetic. How do you know you're called into an apostolic or prophetic? I oftentimes ask them who, which apostle, which prophetic grace or gift within the larger body of Christ affirmed what Jesus has, to, uh, has called you into. Well, it comes back to that identity. Gifts. Do you know the gifts of the Father in your life? Do you know the gifts of the Son? Do you know the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Who is walking alongside you? Prophecies, parking lot prophecies is a, is, who, who, who is that witness alongside you as you prophesy over someone? Who is telling you to go deeper? Who is, who's telling you, who's walking alongside you and correcting you even in that? Nowhere in the scripture do we see this one-man show. We're constantly shown a reflection of a family. And that is the greatest honor. So where does fathering start? It starts with us recognizing first as to who, what Jesus, what does a triune God look like? I think um, we have complicated over the years, over the decades, over the centuries of what Trinity is all about. But if the Trinity is complex enough for us not to talk about in the church, we are missing a key point. We do not know what family looks like. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is a perfect reflection of, of a Trinity in one God. Well, if you do not know that, then we do not know how to reveal what the scriptures talk about. If you do not know what the scriptures talk about, we do not know how to reveal what Jesus 
gave to the body of Christ. If we do not know how to talk about what Jesus gave to the body of Christ, we do not know how to point to the identities. So it's a co- constant failure on different ends um, to, to bring back to that one thing about identity, influence, and impact, in our case, at least at the gathering. Modeling is key. Modeling is key. And I, I feel like when you do not have fathering, when you do not have that family walk, when you do not have people walking alongside you, what happens is you do not know how to move into the next realm. It is not, you know, uh, I have a, a mental health counselor in our, in our church. And in a conversation recently, I asked her, I said, I said, friend, yes, the father can reveal he is the great father of us all. And my, you know, a, a statement that I have that I'm oftentimes tell people is in my father's house, there's no orphan. That's and that right. is the truth. In my father's house, there's no orphan. Right. And so when you see it from that perspective, everyone, when, irrespective of their faith, their, their, their religious background, their racial background, I only see them as the son and daughter of the most high. Right. But is it enough that we just receive a revelation of who we are? Is that enough? Because if that is all enough, then hey, the church is enough. I mean, we we got the revelation, but no, that is not the case. We have a revelation, but we need to have the tools. What is missing as a result of not having a father in the natural realm? What has the father restored through Jesus? Well, what are the tools? Modeling is one of them. Mentoring is one of them. So in that context, I do not even believe that age plays a huge role. Right. Because then you miss the point. You have been placed in a church where gifts have been given. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers. Irrespective of their age, can they walk alongside you? Can they call out your gifts? Can they call out uh, what, how he has placed you? Can, he, can, he, can they walk alongside you and show you where you might be missing something? And in that, you have a revelation of the Father. And through the grace you have, it's a wholesome picture of what it needs to be, what it means to be a conduit son and daughter of the Most High for heaven to invade earth. Right before Jesus ascended into heaven, he gave his disciples the Great Commission, promising them the precious gift of the Holy Spirit. In Acts 1, verse 8, Jesus said, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. With the Holy Spirit as your teacher, Jared Lasky developed a new Bible study journaling system that is sure to equip you in your adventure with God. The Spirit Empowered Journal offers life-changing steps that will enhance your biblical studies. This journal will not only help you know how God spoke in the scripture, but also what he is speaking to you now. This is an incredible approach to Bible study, empowering your spiritual journey. Your relationship with the Holy Spirit and understanding of the scriptures will increase as you use the Spirit-Empowered Journal. Buy your paperback copy on Amazon.com or FirebornMinistries.com. You mentioned the Trinity and the community that we see in the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, 
three in one, and then you're modeling that Trinity to your church body and to your family as well. And how do you see that in your business life or your business world of marketplace chaplains? Well, you know, um, I'm reminded, if you don't mind me, can I share a story? Please do. Okay. So I was, um, uh, you know, one of the responsibilities that I have is I meet with business leaders, CEOs, and presidents of companies where we provide our employee care program. And I w- had the privilege of, of meeting this this wonderful woman who um, is the director of the human resources for a large company. And um, it so happened that I was visiting her uh, to present a report. Now, I do remember when I, when I pulled into the parking lot, I had the presence of the Lord so thick. And I knew he was preparing me for something. What I didn't know was what happened later on. I just walked in and as is the case, my mind is prepped for presenting the report, checking in. And and for this case, let me let me just say put a, a pseudonym for her. Let's call her Helen. And I said, Helen, hey, um, you know, how are things going on at XYZ company? Um, is there anything that I need to be aware of? And she said, Oh, things are going great and and so on. And in that moment, Jared, I could feel the presence of the Lord in the room. And remember that the, the door is closed. It's just uh, her. It's just Helen and, my, Helen and I. And we're just having this conversation. And the presence was so thick that all I remember was asking her this question. Helen, how are you doing? And the presence, the glory presence of God was so thick that she broke down and she is breaking down. I'm breaking down because the presence of God is so thick in the room. And she, in that moment, looks at me with her eyes wide open and asks me this question, Michael, what is going on? And and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, Lord, what are you... I, I, I remember even telling her, Helen, let it be, this is... This is the presence of our Father. It's our Father's presence. It's for you and for me. Wow. Let him, let him, let him just do what only He can do. And in that moment, I was reminded of what it would be for Jesus after a long day of multiple conferences. He goes to the mountain. He sits and cries out with the Father. And I'm, I am imagining, I'm imagining the Son having this moment with the Father. Jesus himself having a moment with the Father. And just crying out and the Father just telling him of how pleased he is with him. Is that what is happening in this moment? To the point where Helen said, Michael, she's bawling, she's bawling. And she goes, Michael... What you don't know is this morning I wanted to take my life. And I'm just sitting there and going, my Lord, how great is your love that I just had to be there to host his presence. Mm -hmm. And that he wanted to reveal to Helen who she is in his eyes, in his heart. Perfected by his son Jesus only perfected through his son, Jesus. And I was able to share the gospel with her. Remind her again of who she is. Remind her of who Jesus is for her, what he has done on the cross for her. 
And in that moment, she'll reveal that she is a Catholic and that she hasn't been to a church in a long time. And all of this is coming out. And she couldn't hold herself. And she said, Michael, I have people outside of the office waiting to meet me, but I, I don't think I need to be in here. And I remember she just put her big goggles on and she said, can we just leave? And so we went out of her big Fortune 200 company and we started walking around because she just wanted to have this conversation. And all I said is, Helen, what do you want to tell what do you want to what do you want to tell God and she's just pouring out and saying you know father how much I miss you she just went all the way back to her childhood the beautiful moment was not just for her but it was for me he gave me the privilege of being right in the middle of his daughter and our father wow. so it goes back to the Lord's prayer which I do not want to call it the Lord's Prayer, and we know why. Because in the Lord's Prayer, there is repentance and forgiveness, and, and Jesus did not have to do that. So it was a prayer for all of us. And the prayer starts with, Our Father. That was what it was. Jesus modeled how to be a son and daughter here on earth. That's the communion. That's it. He starts with, Pray, Our Father. And that's what Helen and I witnessed. We started with, our Father. Wow, that story is <clears throat> while you were sharing that, man, it's like heaven opened behind you. Amen. And I saw an angel in the book of life open and her name written. Hallelujah. In the book of life. God used you through the Holy Spirit, pointing her, a child of God, a child of destiny, a daughter of the King, <clears throat> to to salvation, to Him, to relationship with Him. And, oh, Jesus. <clears throat> what else do you see, God? <clears throat> oh, Jesus. What else do you see God doing with his sons and daughters who were lost in the marketplace. You know, I uh, I say this, I often ask myself, why me, Lord? Why me? You know, and I am not worthy of of what he is doing, to be a witness in to, to what he is doing in the marketplace and beyond. But Billy Graham made the statement, and I think it was a prophetic statement, the next greatest revival is going to be in the marketplace. Mm. And I believe the church is preparing for that, where church needs to be without walls. Mm -hmm. And it's it's come to that place. I mean, we are seeing this uh, open move of God, irrespective of their denominations, irrespective of... It's, it's that recognition, we are the sons and daughters of the Most High. And He's restoring that back in the marketplace, where I'm seeing more and more people... We, we've all heard of how the Lord in his grace and mercy is is pouring out dreams and visions to uh, Muslims in the Middle East. Uh, we we know of mutual friends of us who's had similar experiences where there were never a Christian presence in their country, but they had a, a supernatural encounter. Well, I am seeing more of that in the marketplace wow. where, you know, these people have never stepped foot 
um, in church. Uh, just in uh, about a month ago in one of our team meetings, one of the people mentioned what I clearly knew for months. He said, Michael, I have been a pastor for, let's say, 40 years because he's, he's a, a traditionalist as far as generations concerned, 70, 80 years old. He said he walked up to a young employee in her early 20s, 21, 22, and she made a comment, I don't know who Jesus is. Is that a real person? And this is the truth. The next generation, Gen C and, and earlier, you, we cannot make the assumption that they know who Jesus is. Right. Where are they going to get that information from? The church? Well, we have a disengaged um, environment when it comes to churches. Churches are closing down by the minute. And that's not new. It's been always the case. But I do believe that in his grace and mercy, he's pouring out to his sons and daughters. And in the marketplace, I, I oftentimes tell even our congregation and friends like you and me, we've had these discussions. We cannot take it, uh, we cannot be complacent anymore, recognizing that every minute we are placed strategically, whether it be at the gas station, whether you walk into an office, whether we are in a library, wherever we are. We have to recognize that the Lord is placing us for a strategic moment right now and recognizing that someone does not know the Lord and Savior is. Right. The other day, I had left a meeting and I went to get my hair cut. Yeah. And I go in, I check in, and she's like, oh, yeah, you're right now, have a seat. And I'm encouraging her. The other stylists are just like, oh, don't, you know, like, you're letting that get to her head. And I'm, I'm an encourager. But within moments... The Holy Spirit and I are having a conversation and I automatically know that she writes poems, that she's looking at releasing books. And she said, wow, how did you know? And I was like, well, I'm talking to Jesus right now and he yeah. loves you. I started encouraging her more and she's still cutting my hair. Now, she's not a Christian. She believes in the new age, new age philosophies. And she'd said that. And I was like, well, and then she starts talking about how. She's turned off by religion. And I was like, this isn't religion. This is Jesus, the person who loves you. And there's more information and uh, supernaturally that, that God's given me. And then there was a point where I knew your foot, your right foot is injured, isn't it? And she's like, yes, it is. And I said, well, while you're cutting my Come hair, on. may I pray for your foot? While you're cutting my hair, I'm not going to lay hands on it. She's cutting my hair. <laughs> but I started praying, Holy Spirit, thank you. For Jesus' healing virtue, heal my sister's foot. And she starts feeling the warmth and the heat and the love of God on her foot. And then a little bit later, I check and she's like, it's still there. That warmth is still there. And I'm like, this is because Jesus loves you. She's like wrapping up the, uh, the haircut. She's like, I feel like I've met you before, but I haven't been here that long. Like not even a month cutting. I was like, well, I haven't got my hair cut in like three months. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a little food. Right, right. And, and, she, and then out of my mouth, I said, you saw me in a dream. She said, yes, I did. That's where I met you. I was like, that's Jesus. Jesus. Praise God. Jesus. And then leaving, you know, I tipped her the equivalent of my haircut. I invited her to Power and Love Virginia Beach you know, this was divine. This was in just normal day-to-day, -day, everyday interactions. And I, that's what we need every Christian to do. Yeah. Walk in their identity, knowing who their father is, yes. 
glorifying Jesus under the power of the Holy Spirit in everything, whether it's talking to the librarian out there, yep. whether it's encouraging little kids who might be playing nearby or, you know, or even our families. So, Michael, I appreciate that. Do you have just one more story? You, you've, my, my, I'm just hungry for one more true yes. story. This happened a few days ago. I would love to share that. And, um, you know, and I pray that whoever is listening to this, wherever they are listening, I pray that, um, that you receive, you know, that we, we talked about how, um, the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. And in that, we pray that you receive this because it's not that you and I are the only ones as a conduit. The Lord wants to use you or anyone listening uh, for the very purpose of heaven invading earth. And this happened a few days ago. I was at church and we um, we were sharing a testimony of my, my oldest son, Nathan, who's just turning seven next month. Uh, he um, he was in the car, mommy was driving, and uh, there was a moment where he felt the presence of Lord so thick, his whole body is in heat. And, you know, for a whole year, he's, he's only six years old, and for a whole year, uh, we've been asking him to ask the Lord if it's time for him to get baptized. He heard the Lord twice, and this time, when he had the presence of Lord so thick in his body, he just looked at Mommy and he said, Mommy, I, I'm in heat. And then he had the revelation. He had the, he had Jesus speak to him. You know, the Holy Spirit is just bringing up in his memory. Then he said, Mom, it is time. I have to get baptized. And we took that as the final confirmation for a young man uh, to give his life to the Lord, publicly declare that he has accepted uh, uh, Jesus as his Lord and Savior. And so he's sharing this. We took this, and I'm sharing this testimony to the congregation. There's a lady sitting way at the back, Jared. She's, she's holding my youngest daughter, who's a month old, uh, and she's holding her. She's sitting in the back. And the reason she's sitting down, I find out later, is that she had two um, um, she had a pain in both her knees. She couldn't stand up. It was so troublesome that she even considered not coming to church that Saturday. And so she's holding my baby. She's sitting down. And as I'm sharing of what Nathan felt in the car, the heat in his body, Anya heats up in her hands. And she does not know why the baby is heating up. So she gets up. And there's no more pain. Yes. There's no more pain. And she goes, what just happened? <laughs> she passes the baby on to Becca. Later that day, she goes home. And she's telling her husband, I don't know what happened. The baby got heated up and I got, I got healed. Now, praise God. That's his grace and mercy. Abundant healings. Abundant healings for his glory. Thank you so very much for being part of this Adventures in God, Michael. I believe there's an anointing here. And I believe 
I'm asking you, will you pray for someone listening in who needs a healing right now? Absolutely. And the first thing that I feel is that lady that is listening, that a marriage is broken. I pray in the name of Jesus that whatever has been troubling your marriage, in the name of Jesus, we command that to leave right now. And in his name, we pray for a reconciliation of your marriage. I also thank you, Lord Father, for the little boy whose father is listening right now. That little boy, Father, who's been troubled in his body. He's been struggling with some sort of a sickness uh, that has kept him bedridden. We pray in the name of Jesus that this young boy would be completely healed today by your stripes, Lord. We command healing over this little boy and he will be up and running for the glory of you, Lord. We also thank you, Lord Father, for the many that are listening right now. I pray, Father, for the fresh baptism of love and fresh baptism of fire in them, wherever they are right now, Lord, as they hear, I pray, Father, for the one that has a tingling, a heat in the right. I thank you, Lord, Father, for this word of wisdom, a clear confirmation that there's a fresh baptism of fire and love. I also thank you, Father, for the knee that is being healed right now. Thank you again for another knee healing, Lord. I thank you, Father, for the back that is being um, correctly realigned right now, this being realigned, that you feel the heat. I pray, Lord, as they hear this, I also feel that there is an area of repentance. As the Lord has released his healing, showing his love, I pray, Father, that this person would give his or her life to the Lord right now. That the Lord loves you and has heard you and has seen uh, the deepest, darkest struggles of your life. But he wants to let you know that he has got you. That he has great plans for you. He has great thoughts for you. That your past is no longer the past. And when you look back, you would only look that through the blood of Jesus. Because anything that you see in your past without the blood of Jesus is a lie. And we cancel that lie in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for this time. Yes, in Jesus' name, I lift up the person with fibromyalgia. Be healed in Jesus' name. If you're listening in to this podcast right where you are, if that is you, by faith, start doing something you've never done before. As Michael declared the words of knowledge about the back or the knee or anything like that, even now, even kidney stones, whatever it is. Stand up. Do something. Do something you've never done before. Activate this by faith in Jesus' name. You are a son. You are a daughter of the King of Kings. Walk in his love. Holy Spirit, saturate people now. Thank you for the healings taking place. Thank you for you doing this work, Jesus. And now, if there's someone who needs to receive the wonderful baptism with your Holy Spirit, Spirit of God, yes. in Jesus' name, fill them from head to toe. If you need to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit and receive your heavenly prayer language right where you are, Mm. start talking to Jesus, start praising him, and let those words, let that language flow out of your mouth. If if a language you've never known or spoken before comes to your mind right now in Jesus' name, start speaking that out by faith. Mm. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. Arthritis in your wrists and hands completely healed. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah.
Thank you so much for listening to our conversation and adventures in the Spirit. We hope that this podcast encouraged and inspired you to press into Jesus and launches you into your own adventure. You can stay up to date with Fireborn Ministries by going to our website, firebornministries.com, and like us on Facebook. And may you have your own adventures in the Spirit.